and welcome to the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Owens, and today I am being hosted by the beautiful Solon Public Library. So thanks to the Solon Library for giving me a quiet space that I can chat with you. In this episode, I wanted to talk with you about an article that I recently read on LinkedIn called uh, by Jan Berger, The Paradox of Progress, Machine Learning, and the Risk of De-Skilling in Healthcare. Um, and I will throw a link to that along in with the episode. But I, I thought this was interesting because it, it pointed to something that I, I hear fairly frequently in my role as a healthcare IT professional, which is that if we give uh, too many safety nets, too many technical safety nets, we're going to erode or I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, atrophy, um, our practitioner skills. So the um, Jan's thesis is the same, right? Over-reliance on systems can result in de-skilling or skill rot, which is a really charming term. Um, this reminds me first and foremost of my, my undergraduate days in physics. And my undergraduate days in physics were long enough ago um, that many of my professors lamented that kids these days can't even use a slide rule. And it's true. I was never taught to use a slide rule. Um, and although I did not go on to have a career in physics, um, I can say that there has never been a situation in my career since then where I have needed to use a slide rule or been held back by my inability to use a slide rule. Um, maybe think of the quote, which is often misattributed, and we'll, we'll come to this a, a little bit, um, that uh, our times are degenerate and children are no longer respectful to their parents and everyone is writing a book. And this quote gets attributed to people in various time periods. It gets attributed to um, an Assyrian clay tablet or an Egyptian priest or Cicero is the one that I think I see most frequently. Um, and I find this, but the content of it and the misattribution very interesting because the, the content in and of itself is, is fine, right? We want, we want to believe that things have always seemed worse than the previous generation, right? Hindsight is not only 2020, but it's also rose colored often. Um, we want to believe that things were always better in the good old days. Um, and we also want to believe that every generation has felt this, right? Like people, people many thousands of years ago also felt that, you know, that the children are getting soft and you know, things were much better in the days of our grandfathers. Um, no final source on the quote, by the way. It seems like it may not actually be a thing. It's just one of those sort of created, you know, like a, a, a quote that everybody wants to believe that somebody said. Um, so Jan, in his article, mentions um, skill rot in a couple of other fields, as well as healthcare. So he mentions skill rot in manufacturing and in retail, um, areas where we have seen a lot of automation and a lot of um, technical progress over the past few years. And I was thinking about this, and I, I think it's interesting to note that um, although a, a retail transaction may require a different level of skill than it did. So when, when I was very, very young, um, in order to complete a retail transaction, you had to have a, a certain degree of technical and financial skill, right? Because you were, you were still running the impression making uh, credit card things. And now you have a proximity reader. All you have to do is tap. You don't even have to have, you know, like press a, a physical button or anything. And I find it interesting to think about this is if the, the total amount of skill involved in the transaction is the same. But the balance of that skill has shifted towards the, the technical, right? So the machines are doing it. The algorithms are doing it. Um, the actual person does not have to maintain that skill in their brain or in their hands. Um, but the amount of skill demanded of the, of the human being is much less. But the total amount of skill remains mostly the same. Um, 
and this is reassuring until I started to think about the decline in prestige and compensation in these highly automated uh, industries. Um, so it, I, I come from the Rust Belt, right? I think a lot about the decline of manufacturing. And so it's it's inescapable, right? When you start to automate more and more of the process, then the, the likelihood of good paying skilled jobs that you may not need a high degree of education to complete, um, those go down. Um, overall, though, when you start to think about what's right to do, if you were to imagine, for example, a, a randomized controlled trial, um, where on one hand we can give AI to the patients and on the other hand we can withhold AI from the patients in the first place, you can't have this trial because the AI is already here, right? It's it's here all around us all the time in ways that are invisible to the patient, to the caregiver. Um, but the the benefits are high. The risks are, are also high, right? There is reason for caution. There is reason for concern. But the risks are, if you put appropriate boundaries around them, I think proportional, right? Which is which is the main ethical concern, right? We have to offer people a reasonable value to participate in a in an ongoing research trial. And AI does certainly offer us a reasonable benefit if our risks are handled appropriately. I do think though that there is something a little bit wrong when humans are doing unskilled labor and AIs are uh, writing scripts or uh, creating art. Um, I feel like we should let the AI do what it does best and free up human beings to do what we do best. And that's the big philosophical question I'm going to be wrestling with for probably the rest of the week is what, what is it that we humans do best?